you know what we should do, Grant? Yeah, what? We should abort the political parties. In place of what, a monarchy? No, in place of the Illuminati. Oh, oh new world order, eh? Yeah. Are, so are they pro or against abortion? They are proponents of... Uh, what I like to call post-abortion law. Oh, post-term abortion. I see. So post post-term abortion is basically up to the age of eighteen. If your child is a is just a shithead, you can just end it. Oh my God, uh, my, Johnny is sixteen years old and he's smoking cigarettes, getting tattoos, and smoking meth and gang banging. I guess I have to put him out of his misery. <laughs> Hear that, Casey Anthony? This is the place for you. Just for legal purposes, that it's a joke. In my experience, conversations are best had with a glass of whiskey. Join me, Alan Kogan, as I engage in meaningful discussions while enjoying a glass of my favorite spirit. Welcome to the Kogan Conversation. I mean, we're in a place where like polls and polls, I mean, obviously, like they're not perfect science, but it's like one of the better measures we have of like public thoughts on like any issue, really. And it's like nationally, it's like a majority of people are like reasonable about it. It's like, yeah, abortion should be legal, like up to a point. And like, I'm sure you could even get to the nitty gritty, like how many weeks before it's not OK anymore? Like, I think this is something that could absolutely be figured out within some terms of like some kind of like enshrining into the Constitution, like a legal definition about like, here's when it's OK, here's when it's not with these exceptions laws are imperfect governing from a, a national level like ideally it would be just all the states decide yes or no and they can enshrine that in their own state constitutions great perfect but like if we need it to be this national thing and you can enshrine it that way then do it vote the people in who can do that why after 50 years or 50 plus years that hasn't been able to get done it's just like oh well we can trust that this decision which even though supreme court decisions get you know overturned all the fucking time we didn't think that it would ever happen like if you're making this argument that like for years they're attacked they're gonna attack roe v wade they're gonna overturn it it's like then fucking do something about it like you literally have the power to do something about it you can have these conversations you can hash it out on the Senate floor, in the fucking floor of Congress, do something about it. Like, you're voted in there to, like, make these hard decisions. It is literally not the justice's job to enshrine people's rights. Like, it's your job to do that <laughs> into the Constitution. And they can interpret. It's like, okay, now these things are constitutional or not constitutional. But that's And that's the disconnect, right? Is that people don't understand how the process works. They think that Roe v. Wade, the word precedent, they don't understand what that word means. I, I guarantee if you, if, you, if you did a Jimmy Kimmel-esque survey where you just stop people on the street of Hollywood Boulevard, for the late night show people would know what the fuck that word meant they wouldn't have a clue where to start <laughs> and that's the funny thing is that like these are the same people that are voting and then the, they're complaining and they're voting and they're complaining and they're voting and they're just so susceptible to bullshit that's spewed out of politicians mouths and then I, I begin to wonder whose fault is it is it whose fault is it is it the politician's fault for taking advantage of the stupidity and naivete of our pop populace or is it the populace's fault for not doing a better job. <laughs> I mean, now we get to these points where we're, we're so divided on, on Roe v. Wade being overturned and, and abortion rights in general. And people, I mean, people don't understand what federalism means. People don't understand that they think they, they think that everyone should be like California or everyone should be like Texas, but it goes both ways, right? But there are Republicans out there who think that the country should all look and breathe like, like Texas. And I don't agree with that. I think that each state should have the right to be what they want. They, they, if you have a culture, I honestly think unless there's someone who can make a better argument to me that I, I kind of agree with Roe v. Wade over being overturned and the abortion rights being sent back to the states, because then the people 
who are in favor of abortion rights can then vote either by referendum or by by voting for the representatives and putting the, the proper ones in power to then either codify within the state amendment or just to have an or a, a policy in, in place then you can decide to have that because your culture and your society that you live in can do that and then maine can just not give a shit at what texas does and and vice versa it's that, that's how we're set up and, again, and guess what? If you live in Texas and you want to get an abortion and abortion is like super anti-abortion or uh, Texas is super anti-abortion, well, then fuck. Then go either move somewhere or, or drive nine hours. And and then maybe we have to look at, you know, the interstate commerce laws and, and figure out, you know, does Texas have a jurisdiction if they're going to make abortions criminal, which is another big thing that's going to go, that might happen, is that if, if they're going to be criminally charged, are you allowed to cross state lines? I mean, you're allowed to cross state lines and smoke pot in different state and then and then go back to your state, right? That's that's allowed. They're not going to drug test you at the, at the border. It's also not their right to, it's a, like, who gives a shit? It's your life. Are we going to have the Gestapo at the border checking women to see if they've recently had an abortion? No. I think there's an argument to be made for like the, the, the black market in the dark alley coat hanger abortions that we, that people are so afraid of happening because you don't, and I, th- I agree with this, the sentiment that you, you're not banning abortions, you're banning legal abortions. And therefore you might subject a lot of people who are impoverished, who are disproportionately not white to have really difficult times with abortions and probably have medically unsafe situations. But God damn it, it's 2022. There's a lot of resources out there. Like the only people who are you know homeless or, or addicted to, to, to open opiates or whatever, and, and not getting help are the ones who haven't tried. You, you walk down the road to any area, you walk down to CVS, they have resources to help you out for free. And it's usually backed up by by some kind of community service. And it's not even government funded. It's not even government run. I'm not a massive fan of Planned Parenthood, but Planned Parenthood offers other services outside of abortions, including abortions. So I'm, I guarantee you that if this happens, if Texas were to just outright ban abortions it, with the advent of Roe v. Wade being overturned, I'm sure Planned Parenthood would have some kind of fund that you could like donate to and have people bust across state lines to get an abortion. I'm, I'm setting aside the moral questioning of that, whether that's good or bad or whether abortion abortions are good or bad. I'm, I'm just saying that it, it's like this ex- existential crisis is coming out of nowhere. Like people's fervor and anger, it, all of a sudden, like you're just going to lose your rights and you have to sit at home and cry. Like, uh, really? Yeah. And it, it also dismantles the the argument that it's like, oh, well, if they overturn it, then think of all, I mean, we can't just like spend all this time getting these laws passed. Think of all the damage that'll happen in the meantime. It's like, you should have fucking thought of that sooner. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but like it, the, the threat has always been there. You could have taken care of this sooner. And there are places. I'm sure where that has been thought of and there are laws that'll be like, okay, yeah, we're fine. You can still get abortions here. It's legal. That's not a good argument. I'm going to wade into some murky waters here though. Um, you talked about like how it, dis- it would disproportionately affect like, you know, minority communities. Like d- why does nobody want to like talk about why that's the case? Why is it people of color who are like the vast majority of people who are, you know, getting abortions? Like what, what is, what's the deal with that? Like, I personally don't know. I just, am like, I don't see anybody asking that question. Like let's address the root cause of why that's the case. Not that that's a problem. It's just, why is that the case? Well, it's definitely murky waters because the, the, the reason is unpopular to say. It's controversial to say. Unfortunately, because of the 
of reverberations of past injustices in this country that we've both we both lived in Milwaukee for for a long time. You have a lot of issues with redlining, which have then made ghettos and in in very poor neighborhoods. And those poor neighborhoods, therefore, uh, usually have little resources and 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 worse education. They were they don't have as many education dollars going going to them from from the state taxes from the local taxes. Uh, they're really forgotten, and it's sad because you have that, that's where you have a lot of the drug problems going on. The, you have young boys who are being taken into brotherhood of a gang in, in an area because it's all they know. And, you know, unfortunately, the disproportionate inc- incrimination of black fathers because of low end drug charges, which is a whole other d- discussion that if they weren't in jail, be, jailing black men because of nonviolent crimes, they could be home with their sons to help raise them and, and keep them off the streets. So it's, I think it's a product of just generations of conditioning into this ghettofied white versus black culture that that our politics has perpetuated for years. We abolished Jim Crow. We abolished the things that were against civil rights. So, you know, we abolished segregation. That doesn't mean everything was just fixed. Continue to have the race discussion today. And there's definitely issues with the fix today. However, to answer your question about abortion, it's I would I would probably contend that it's a, a lack of resource, a lack of knowledge and a lack of discipline, a lack of responsibility. And, and it's not because of it's not because they're black. It's you put any group of people there of any skin color or 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 background or ethnicity or whatever and you 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 kind of keep them at the at the 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 edges of society for for so long and you don't help them with a with a better more robust education system you don't help them with better and more robust resources in their community they're going to make bad decisions there's going to be crime so it just happens to be the black community in our country and and sometimes the hispanic community and, and like as you as you know the south side of milwaukee so they're they're having more unprotected sex they're being a little more loosey-goosey with with heroin needles they're being they're being more uh unsafe with everything they're just they're they're carrying around weapons in with no holster they're carrying around guns in their pocket or in their in their in their belt uh, uh, stuff in their jeans you know how many accidents happen when you have a gun with no holster that you that has that might not be unsafe at all and you just shove it in your pants a lot like that's not a proper way to carry a weapon you've seen in the movies where you have a guy who sticks it in, in behind his uh behind him like it's so it's kind of in his butt crack okay it's cool it's stealthy but you should have that in a holster so that you don't get you know a trigger doesn't actually get snagged on a piece of clothing and shoot your ass off or shoot your leg off or worse so like what about that culture what about that unresponsible way of life attributes to abortions i i would argue that a lot of teen pregnancies and and being irresponsibly getting into bed with someone who you don't intend with having a child with but guess what if you don't wear a condom or you don't have a a decent brand of condom or you don't understand how condoms work well then guess what you're gonna have a baby you might get lucky one once in a while but and and now that that goes to more of the root of the problem of, of more than just the minority group but with everyone like if, if people who are so anti-abortion who are so pro-life if they wanted to address this issue they would address the problem behind why people are getting abortions like if they ask themselves a question are people getting abortions just out of convenience is it because they just don't want to have a baby and if that's true then then why are they have why why are they having sex that get that leads to them having a pregnancy is it because they're irresponsible and young stupid kids okay well then let's address that cultural issue we can fix that in some way not with legislation but we can at least like start to recognize it and you know that's like part one of this 12-step process is acceptance <laughs> i just want to talk a little bit more broadly maybe about like hypocrisy on either side of this issue too like going to what i just brought up like uh, there's a lot of talk now about like addressing like like real like structural racist 
things in our country like and like the roots of that like we have to address like all these these structures in america are like we're deeply rooted against like black people and people of color and it's like do you want to get into the the fucking weeds with that like the roots of planned parenthood and like that that's like an abortion that's that's all eugenic stuff that's like the most racist shit ever and it's like to think that that doesn't still have a rippling effect today i like on the side of like pro-abortion what you just said is probably a more likely explanation but like don't rule out the fact that like that's probably still like a very structurally like pure racist part of our society where it's like yeah there's there's like a, a, a large majority of black americans like getting abortions from the people who are getting them has its roots in deep racism very likely so maybe address that like you know if you like are addressing all these other things but that's like your your convenient blind spot like why is that what are you really advocating for here flip side let's talk about more hypocrisy we get the people just a few like less than a year ago we talked about a plenty like vaccines we have like oh well i have authority over my body so i shouldn't have to put this this needle in my arm it's like great where are you when we're talking about women getting abortions like i i don't see how that like okay yeah you're talking about like when does life start but like it's still bodily autonomy to like decide whether or not you're gonna have an abortion or you know chop your dick off or get a needle in your arm like these are all fun fall under the same umbrella address that part of your argument like what are you advocating for at the end of the day it's frustrating and, and that's why we're both very frustrated with either side of like the, at least the political aisle when it comes to a lot of these things because nobody wants to readily address like they're, they're they have these like perfectly beautiful arguments but they're not going to address like where they're weak and what they're talking about and what they're actually advocating for here and that just makes their arguments worse overall like they don't want to address the things that weaken their argument and people can't get to the root of things because they're just like well i have the perfectly formed argument and i can't hear any kind of logical rationale for why i would have flaws in my thinking i i have the moral high ground here there's no gray area in my moral high ground it's like gray area everywhere my friend here more than anywhere probably <laughs> so. what you just described is, is applicable to every issue that we've been discussing as a country for the last 250 years is that people just get on their high horse and I think like you just said more than not with this issue I think more than not with this issue because it's framed in such a, a different way that you have you either evil or you're not I think that goes back to what I was saying in the beginning that how do you how do you sit down like what we're doing at the podcast right you know you can sit down at a, at a bar and have a glass of whiskey and, and just have a conversation that's disarming and not assuming the worst in each other. Generally, when you're doing that at a bar, you're probably going to avoid topics like abortion <laughs> and religion, trans rights. Maybe if you're depending on where you are in the country, maybe gun rights. Right. I mean, it's like there's we all know socially that there are things that we just we don't want to talk about because they're uncomfortable. You know what? I'm, I'm kind of over that because the people the, the people that are supposed to be the big boys and girls who operate in Congress in D.C., who are supposed to have these highbrow conversations and, and discuss the law, discuss the science, discuss all all this stuff they're making poor choices and then and now it's 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 kind of you know shit rolls downhill so now we are all in constant argument with us and we're we're pigeonholed into there's only two things you can believe either you're killing babies or you're exercising your human right and it's like well hold on I'm pretty sure that I know a lot of people who are pro-choice who are also in favor of like making sure unplanned pregnancies don't happen in the first place. There's nuance to it. There's 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 caveats, there's exceptions, and we should discuss those caveats and exceptions, especially if we're going to apply a law, especially an amendment. I don't know. People are short-sighted, like you said, and I it's frustrating. And by the way, these are all things that the Supreme Court can't fucking do. No, right. <laughs> or like enshrine into law. Like these are the thing these are these are all the things that the Supreme Court is not supposed to be doing. No, not their job. So don't get mad at them. <laughs>
let them do their thing. They're they're doing a, a pretty good job. Like, yeah, okay, don't agree with this. They're overturning Roe v. Wade. It's the end of the fucking world. But like, it's not. Every month, Grant and I will tackle an important topic while enjoying a glass of whiskey. If you don't agree with our opinions on these issues, that's great. We want to hear from you and hear your side of the story. Our goal is to understand different perspectives and engage in conversations that matter without regressing to the same division that exists in our hyperpartisan politics. We can and must do better in finding common ground. Discussions breed solutions. The Kogan Conversation is a podcast that welcomes respectful discourse, paired with a glass of whiskey, of course. If you'd like to offer your take on an upcoming episode or join us for a glass of whiskey, please reach out to us on social media or head over to our website and send us a message. Wouldn't it be nice to know what topics are coming up and when an episode is releasing from the Kogan Conversation? Subscribing to our podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, following us on Spotify, and of course following us on social media helps immensely. You can also head over to our website and sign up for our email list so you never miss out on any episodes or information. Cheers! Do you describe yourself as an originalist now that you I know you've you've gotten gotten more into the Supreme Court life? But like, well, how do you how do you define your philosophy? It's so it's like if we're really getting at like how the system was set up and how it works, then like I don't know if I necessarily am sold on like the pure originalism, like the Constitution's a living document. And I guess I don't know if there's an interpretation out there where it's like everything that was originally written and nothing since. It's like I don't know if that's what originalism means. If it's like everything that's enshrined to the Constitution, including the thing, everything that we've been enshrined since because it's a living document, then yeah, I guess I am an originalist. With the advent of technology, with the advent of like new weaponry when it comes to the Second Amendment and like all this stuff like these are things that do need to get keep getting reinterpreted and like new precedents need to get set legally i don't know it, it's all an evolving thing and it should always be constantly shifting and changing to where we are at as a country and i don't know if originalism necessarily accounts for that well it doesn't and and i consider myself an originalist kind of in the same school of thought as scalia because if if we have something new that comes up like the internet or i don't know a gatling gun or a nuke or a, a tank did the framers could they have ever known what was coming down the pipeline after them no of course not and none of them had crystal balls and there's no way they could have written anything with the account accounting for those things had they known that uh, you know tanks existed they might have amended that part of the second amendment to say with a couple exceptions but we didn't as it stands you have the right to keep and bear arms and that by definition is any kind of armament if the public and their officials that they elect decide for the good of society and because we've all kind of agreed that it's just not good to have we want to change and amend and and, and codify a new uh definition of what needs to be done then they can do so with a democratic process you know it's like the death penalty is 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 the the scalia example that that people always give that he he so eloquently put and i'm going to butcher it but that it's essentially that the, the people nowadays consider the death penalty writ large uh cruel and unusual no matter what the federal government shouldn't have any has has no place federal or state governments have no place in killing people for crimes they committed it's not their job but back in the day the death penalty was not considered cruel and unusual it was it was used left and right so if we want to you know apply that aspect because the, the words death penalty aren't listed in the constitution you have to apply it by voting for or, or passing an amendment that makes it illegal. 
And that's fine if the public wants to do it. It's, it's the democratic process. The, the entire purpose of our governance is to, is to make sure that, we're, that, 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 that the, the laws are beholden to our accountability. Otherwise, we have Supreme Court justices that just it just, just it just depends on the day. It could be it could be 1970s. It was Roe v. Wade was this way, and now it's in 2020, and Roe v. Wade's that way. And do we really want to leave that uh, social thing that we've that we've decided on to be left to Supreme Court justices just deciding that thing? Oh well, the public space has evolved, and therefore we're going to vote this way now. And that that's where I think the political strife gets kind of too murky in the Supreme Court is because people feel that way because people think that oh well you if you're going to elect conservative quote unquote and liberal quote unquote judges they're going to vote for conservative and liberal things like abortion and gun rights then everyone loses their minds but if every every judge I'm not saying everyone should have the same jurisprudence or you know philosophy, but if everyone at least interpreted the Constitution in, in somewhat of a consistent way and, and left things that need to be interpreted and voted on by the populace as times change so that we are the deciders of the evolution and we are the deciders of how the Second Amendment should be read today, then we have no one to be mad at but ourselves and we can make that decision. And if we, the decision's bad, we can change it, but it shouldn't be left to nine people. It shouldn't be left to their feelings on on the document, and that 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 that's where I kind of pull that philosophy from. Is that yeah, obviously I I disagree with certain things. I, I obviously I disagree with certain interpretations of the Second Amendment or, the, or even the First Amendment. Like you know, hate speech is a big one right now. But there's nothing in the Constitution that says you can't do X. And God forbid if we decide that you know we we say that you can't bully people on Twitter, it's a it's a constitutional you know infringement to then you know. That can be made into law. I'm not advocating for it, but that's how we would go about that. We would apply it in a different way. It, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be a a, judge, a justice saying, "Oh well, well, looking at this now, it looks like well, if you if you harass someone online because the internet's so new that it it, it violates another." person's life and potentially could cause them to maybe kill themselves or hurt someone or whatever. So therefore, quote unquote, hate speech is no longer permitted per the First Amendment. What? Where's that coming from? You're interpreting that based on a social value that you're seeing today. And I, I don't I don't like I want to do that as a voter. That's that's my point. Say it is now and we have we enshrine in the Constitution the death penalty is cruel and unusual. Boom. But Scalia then be like, well, now it's unconstitutional. No more death penalty. Yeah, he, he would interpret that law because he the, the justices are beholden to the amendments that are passed to the Constitution. But that's why it's so difficult for amendment to get passed. You, it's not just it's not just a thing on, that the Senate does, right? You need I think you need was it is it two thirds or three? I think it's two thirds. Two thirds the Senate, two thirds the House, and then the president has to sign it, and then it's an amendment. We should address why does that? Why is it not a more of a smooth process? Like I know they designed it to be like difficult to change this document because like you don't want just like willy nilly like crazy shit happening because someone just suddenly has the power to do it. But it should still be like this feasible thing. Like. Has it just been decided that like passing another amendment is never going to fucking happen where we're at? Because it's like, well, that shouldn't be the case. Like, I want to trust that like if something is there's like such a, a wave of support to change something or like or, or amend something to our Constitution, we would do it. Well, but that's that's why they kept it slow is because that wave of support is usually done on emotion. You, it, it needs to take the last time that that happened was prohibition when that wave of support and emotion was in there was a super majority I think was it I think it was Democrat under uh, Harding maybe you had you had this massive upswell of of domestic violence and then you had the women's I forget the 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 uh, the temperance ladies yeah the temperance ladies that it was like our our husbands are coming home and beating us because they're too drunk so then prohibition 
cancels all alcohol sales, period, and bans liquor. And it's like, well, okay, uh, that was obviously, <laughs> that was a dark time. But then it got repealed very quickly. Right. But it took four years-ish. I'm not, I don't know the history on prohibition as well. I'm, I'm foggy on it right now. I'm so caught up in abortion law right now. Um, but the for me, it's an argument to keep it not fast, like right now, today. Because if the knee-jerk reaction to this leak is to quick Biden run over to Congress and tell them to vote on a new amendment, and then, oh, new amendment, okay, boom, done. Well, should we have debate? Should we discuss it? Should we have some kind of democratic process? Or are we just going to be beholden to, I don't don't know, I I don't think this stuff should be fast. I guess I'm not advocating for it to be fast. I'm just saying, like, I, I, I don't know if it's, it's even like a public perception that, like, even after like years and years and years and years of support for an issue, like amendment could even be passed at this point. Like if it has been a hundred years since amendment has been made or appealed to the constitution, like, yeah, that's like generations of people that don't think it's even possible because they've never seen it happen in their lifetime. Right. Oh, the last one was like 99. Okay. 20, the 26th amendment, 27th, no 27th amendment. I don't know. <laughs> it was fairly recent. I'm not familiar. So that, okay, it is possible. But do, do people now even, like, that's still a long time. Do people now even think it's possible? Like, if it's been, if how long has it been since Roe v. Wade? 50 years? Something like that? 73. So, yeah, almost 50 years. 73. Okay, so... Yeah, yeah, 50 years. It's been like a long time that that was enshrined. And I'm sure even before that, there was like a lot. There was, I mean, we had the, the feminist movement of the 60s and 70s. And like even before that, I'm sure there was just like, there was a groundswell of support to like have women be able to have access to this procedure, right? And like since then, like I'm sure it's, there's, I mean, we've come a long way since it's been like a very like religious right that's like dominated this country. And they've always been there. Right now, it's been long enough where like a good large majority, as polls show, people support women's right to choose what they're going to do with their body, right, in terms of having an abortion. We have that context, and yeah, now we start this process now where someone introduces, we need to amend the Constitution here, and it would take a year and a half, two years. Sure, there'd be a a lot of damage in the meantime where like people don't know what they're going to do to like have access to things, and yes, like you said, there's going to be a lot of resources out there not enough but a lot of resources out there to help people in the meantime theoretically if the support is strong enough and people are loud enough and they don't get easily distracted and forget that they care about a thing because the next shiny thing comes that they give a shit about realistically we could vote people in to propose it and amend the constitution to make it possible right so do it just fucking do it like i know it's not easy but like yeah but that's and that's my point you're mad at the wrong people that that there's there's this massive fervor outside the supreme court building right now you can go online and look live right now there's their barricades are up and people are 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 just pissed stop it like you have a midterm coming up in 2020 and you know later this year you have a general election coming up with another president. You know, if you want to keep Biden in office or you're voting for Kamala or another Democrat, you're probably going to be up against Trump or DeSantis. Do your fucking job as a citizen. Like you, there's, <laughs> there's, there's nothing more you can do than that. And like abortion rights aren't just being stripped away tomorrow. And if they are in your state, you'll be fine. Go across the border. There's going to be resources to help you in in the short term. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm not advocating for or against. I'm just saying that your your existential crisis. We've said before, your existential crisis should be the fact that the economy is go, going to shit, and that the Federal Reserve just raised today, as we record this, by 0.5 percent, raised interest rates for the first time in like 22 years. Shit is bad. Gas is going to go up exponentially in the next month. But, you know, we're worried about this attack on 
on reproductive rights when in reality it's more theatrics than anything. Promise you, you will be fine. There are resources out there. If you, if you need to get one or want to get an abortion, you will be able to get one. It's like it's not going away. There's no Gestapo coming out. And guess what? If there's a Gestapo that's going to come around knocking on doors and, and, and I'll be the first one in the line to fight that. Yeah, I know. There's there's fu- I, I, there's fucked up laws in Texas where it's like, you know, rat on your fucking neighbor for getting an abortion. It's like, yeah, that's fucked up. Like we like I, I like, that's, that's horrible. People should speak out actively against that shit and states that do that and get the, and you know what? Get the fuck out of those places because they're fucked. Like if, if you're not going to get the fuck out of there, then voice your goddamn opinion at the poll or at the fucking voting booth, right? I, I, I say vote with your feet, but you, when you vote with your feet, you also vote on other things that might not be good. Like California people, ex, mass exodus to Texas. Okay, maybe you should help them with their social policies and make them more, you know, people friendly, but keep your economic policies in California. It's, you know, it's, it's I joke, but it's, it's true. And it's, I think, I think before we can even get to the philosophical debate about, or the moral debate about, life what defines a life and what you know when a baby becomes a baby xyz we have to be able to will just at least understand either like the data and be willing to listen to the other side be able to have a good faith discussion and understand that 99.9 percent of women who get an abortion are not looking to do it just for fun it's not just a funsy thing to do on a weekend right that's not what this is and for anyone on the right to frame it that way or to or to claim that there's like this mass mass amount of late term term abortions that they're just full of shit and like i think it's less than one percent of abortions are past the first trimester second trimester like there's it, most of it is because of medical necessity and because of, of issue no reasonable doctor anywhere no matter what their political affiliation will give you an abortion past a, a certain point because that's just ridiculous if you're that bad of a, a decision maker that you are now like you know god forbid you were raped or a victim of incest or something and you're you're waiting until the seventh month to do anything about it hey i'm sorry but guess what i, I mean i you know you have the resources and the, and the the mental health channels to help you take care of something like that early. And people who say, well, sometimes people don't know for a while. Well, that's so rare too. It's rare that you don't know you're pregnant in the first three to five weeks. Usually you do. Yeah. I mean, but like, and, and there's like really rare, but fucked up instances where it's like, sometimes that person's not of age. Sometimes that person is like their literal, their guardian is the one that fucking impregnated them. Like there's exceptions everywhere. Like nobody's, I mean, I'm not going to say nobody. Nobody wants to go out and like champion their abortion, right? Like it's, it's a deeply personal choice to have as a woman. I'm sure. I don't know personally. I will never know personally. Got to acknowledge it. It can be a personal thing too. And that's why I deeply want that decision and that conversation to be between the man and the woman because the man is responsible for half of it or at least 30 seconds of it but like you want to be able to have a conversation with the person you're in a, in a relationship with or or did the deed with so you can have an informed discussion i'm not saying you need their permission but you should at least talk as a human being you should talk to each other and uh and then talk to your doctor and talk and talk to your therapist talk to your religious counselor talk to anybody to, to have a discussion about it but uh, again that goes to my point that there's there's no i don't think there's anyone in their right mind out there which is the vast majority of people going out and just using an abortion as birth control just because do they happen yeah i wish there was a stat that showed like the reason like maybe you have to take a survey i don't agree with that but like i it's like there's such a mass amount of teenagers who are getting abortions because they're brand new to college or they're they're still in high school and they don't feel financially stable or even mentally stable enough to raise a child which i fucking wasn't i don't i, I barely am now i i, I mean it's, you know what i mean it's like i don't i want to be able to control that aspect of my life and i'm going to be responsible about that aspect of my life because i know the consequence of having a child and if you're a young teenager in college or you just in college in general and you're busy with other life things well 
well, then maybe that is that that's the conversation we should have as to why abortions are happening with that demographic. And if we're just going to omit that and not talk about sexual education in, in, in high schools and talking about how how we can make sure that we're not just teaching abstinence only courses in, in religious you know classes, maybe there is some kind of symbiotic relationship between parents and teachers in which, hey, the birds and the bees, this is what happens and make sure you know what's going on. I'm not saying schools should be handing out condoms. I'm not saying I'm not saying schools should be advocating for sex or, or against sex, but make the knowledge known. Make sure people know about it. You have this thing, you know, sex that is one, it's instinctual, right? It's in our brain as a mammal that we just, we want to, we want to fuck stuff. That's just how it is. That's just instinctual. It's primal, but you want to engage in that type of behavior because you're, you're a primal animal. That is, that's just how you're designed. And that's how it is. How do you make that thought process responsible? Do you hide it from people? And do you teach abstinence? Well, you can, you can never have sex. You can't have sex until you're married because you have to be a good Catholic boy. But what does that, that, what do you think that does to, to, to kids? It's a, don't press the red button. Don't do it. Don't touch the hot pan. Now, obviously, they're going to learn the hard way. Sucks to suck. You're going to end up having the same with like dare. What did dare do to us? I think dare made more potheads than ever. It's because it's not the right education. So we have to have some kind of more robust discussion and make sex less taboo. So it's not this rebellious, crazy thing that I can do on the weekend with my secret boyfriend that my parents don't know about. You know, it's like, well, you're going to get pregnant. And now what do you want an abortion? Well, okay, here's another abortion stat. And now the right can point to you as another number around and around we go. So if, if the if the right, the religious right, the center right, the left, the far left, if they don't want to discuss the root causes of what causes abortion and they just want to either ban or legalize, same with drugs. You don't want to discuss what leads to addiction and how to solve addiction and how to treat addiction. You just want to either ban or legalize all drugs. Like you're not being, you're not being effective at all. You're being a dick and I'm tired of it. <laughs> This podcast is a work of passion and it's completely self-funded. We want to continue providing this platform dedicated to free thought and conversation, but we kindly ask that you show your support. Patreon isn't just a platform where you can give a small monthly donation. It also gives you exclusive access to extended, unedited episodes, bonus content, as well as creative input into whatever we cover. Being a supporter on Patreon makes you a member of the Kogan Conversation family and helps us continue this passion project. For just a few bucks a month, you can help us grow. The more we grow, the more perks can come to being a supporter on Patreon. Head over to our website and learn how you can sign up. I'm Alan. And I'm Grant. Thank you for listening to The Kogan Conversation. This podcast is about engaging with different perspectives, values, and ideas. We want to learn how to progress conversations on important topics without assuming the worst in each other. Each month, we will tackle a new topic while enjoying a glass of our favorite spirit and shed light on the beauty of good conversation. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.